going back to the triangle and thinking about the reason someone wants to buy from us, the, the real key is to make that reason apparent. And it's something the prospect has told us in their own words, what either their pain is today that they're trying to solve for or their opportunity for reward mm-hmm. and to just make that consistent top of mind. Welcome to Outside Sales Talk, where we meet with industry experts to learn the strategies and tactics that make them successful. I'm your host, Steve Benson, and I've helped thousands of salespeople all over the world crush their quota. Today, I'll help you crush yours. Welcome back to Outside Sales Talk. Today, I've got Corey Bray and Hillman Sori on the show, and they're going to tell us about triangle selling, sales fundamentals to fuel growth. Um, welcome to the show, guys. Hey, thanks for having us. Thanks. Nice to meet you. So uh, by way of introduction, Hillman and Corey are the founders of Close Loop, a sales management consulting firm based in San Francisco, where I happen to be based. Um, they have worked with a ton of salespeople and hundreds of companies worldwide to improve their performance, their processes, and their profitability. So... There And they also, they, they wrote the book Triangle Selling, which is a lot of what we're going to be talking about today, figuring out what that is, why it's valuable, et cetera. Uh, so first, uh, first easy question, guys. We'll start off with an easy one. Um, what inspired you to write Triangle Selling? Go for sure. it. Well, we were working with a lot of companies and finding that people had either several sales methodologies in place or they had no sales methodology because they felt like, there wasn't one that was right for them. And in either case, what we observed over and over again was they really lacked a lot of the fundamentals that the team needed to be able to produce repeatable results that hit goals. And so the idea was to bring a number of frameworks together that companies can use to support the existing methodologies that they have today, or use triangle selling as a holistic system as a way to help Salespeople have frameworks they can follow and then make managers more effective coaches by creating a common language across the team. You can say necessity was the mother of invention. <laughs> All right. Uh, and and uh, for our listeners, what is triangle selling? Why, why a triangle? Why a triangle? <laughs> well, it's, it's the strongest shape, right? It's the foundation upon which um, you know, so many uh, strong uh, frameworks are built. The idea really is that you've got three aspects to the triangle. There are three aspects to any sales conversation, no matter what you're selling. You've got your reason, which is either pain or reward, the resources that people are leveraging or need to be willing and able to sacrifice in order to purchase from you, and the resistance you're going to face in the sales process. That encompasses each aspect. We call each leg an aspect of the triangle. Within that, you've got frameworks that we've developed to help you navigate that system so it's not just a checklist, not just a punch list, not just a hey, go out and do it, right? (laughs) Instead, you've got some frameworks that you can use to develop a culture inside of your organization, a common language inside of your organization, things that you can practice, hold accountable, metrics you can uh, uh, track, and um, performance that you can measure. And besides, Sokotoa has always really blown my mind. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, math joke, math joke. (laughs) Um, So, uh, wow, I'm not funny at all. (laughs) We're laughing. Hey, we're laughing, man. (laughs) (laughs) The whole audience is eating up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so uh, what sales roles can use triangle selling? What sales roles? Well, certainly any outside salesperson, field salesperson, I know that's a lot of your audience, but you know, the, the short answer is any sales role. 
um, that was, that's by design. You know, we were in a lot, I was joking saying necessity is the mother of invention. A lot of our clients had spent money on um, integrating things like Band or Medic or Challenger, or Sandler or, you know, Spin. You know, I could go down the list. Some folks I think have even been on your, your podcast before. Um, they're awesome. They're fantastic. What folks don't realize, though, in implementing those is that there is a layer or a foundation upon which those need to sit to thrive, right? You can't build that Coit Tower behind you unless you've got bedrock, right? You've got to have a solid foundation. So what we did is we said, look, inside of these organizations that we're talking to, we're agnostic of selling system. We can go in and be effective under any of those auspices. So let's go in and actually create the system by which we have created success inside of each of those sales systems, processes, or methodologies. Um, and that's at the core. And because you, you can't do that only approaching enterprise sales reps. You know, you can't do that if you're just relevant to sales development reps. It has to be able to transcend the entire organization, correlate to ops around something that an organization can measure, and also um, be able to be managed effectively from an accountability and coaching standpoint. That was our goal. It makes a ton of sense. Tell me about uh, what is sales science and how can salespeople utilize it? Well, when we think about sales science, it's the idea that there are frameworks and fundamentals that exist. And there are also very specific things that happen in the human brain as we have conversations with each other. And so that I think we wrote in a book that the folks that say that sales is an art, it's kind of like the folks that put Galileo under house arrest for the last 20 years of his life because he said that the earth revolves around the sun. And so we know that if you structure a meeting like this, and if you do a demo like this, and you use these types of words, phrases, and sentences, there's gonna be a reaction by the prospect that can give us a lot of information as we get to what we want, which is just getting to the truth when we're working with the prospect. And so it's not a bunch of hocus pocus or Wizard of Oz stuff, it's actual fundamental skills that can help sales people, teams, and managers be better. Another piece I'll add to what Corey said around sales science that's really important and is a core tenet of closed loop is that you need to be able from a sales training perspective to tie the training and the skills and the frameworks that you're using to some kind of metric. Otherwise, it's just vapor. You know, I could tell you, you know, here's a couple tactics you can use when you're on the phone with somebody, man, this works really well. And you'll go out and you'll use them. Maybe you use them effectively, but we don't know if you've established rapport. We don't know if you've used this at the right time. We don't know um, the prospect that you're talking to and the persona. So there are ways in which you can take people, we work with a lot of engineers, you know, and they're some of the best salespeople because they can awesome. adhere to a framework and a process. They understand input, output, and here's what I do in between. That's the science piece. Mm -hmm. Well, and so to, to dig in there, how does, how do you salespeople use these concepts to maintain momentum between meetings, for example? I think you're talking about the help framework. That's one of them. And so there's, there's, there's a couple ways. So the help is a, is the idea that when we have a meeting with a prospect, there's sometimes a gap. Sometimes there's a two to three week gap, depending on different stakeholders that need to be rounded up for the next meeting. And there are very specific things that, that we can do. So help stands for highlight, educate, leverage, and predict. And so within each one of those, there are specific tactics that salespeople can apply at different scenarios in between meetings to create momentum. Then when I'm a manager having a coaching conversation with somebody and the rep goes, well, I'm not meeting with them for three weeks, then maybe the question could be, how can we help them? Manager asks the question, uses the language, salesperson understands what that means, and can meet and immediately start giving a constructive response in a matter of seconds. So, so I guess walk me through that. How, how, what would a, what could a response like that 
sound like? Let's give these guys an example. Well, so for example, if we just had a strong meeting, one of the things that we can do is highlight what happened. And so I can take my notes, I can distill it down into three to five bullet points, maybe highlight the pain that we uncovered and what the next step's gonna be. And I can send that an email, I can run a video on top of it. And so if I've got those bullet points here, in my own language for 60 seconds, I can talk about what pain we uncovered and what our next steps are. And so as you forward that video around your organization, we're not playing this game of telephone, the salesperson's able to directly get their message to their prospect at the executive ranks that maybe that champion or, or other stakeholder had blocked them from. Okay, very cool. So, so how, how would you recommend navigating that? Like talk about how you guys are recommending using video. Yeah, I mean, anything that is going to be retold to somebody else internally, I think that capturing it in the salesperson's own voice is a more effective means of communica communicating information than trying to maybe coach you, for example, to go tell somebody else inside your organization what I'm thinking, because that just breaks down very quickly, especially when, when people are buying B2B software, they don't make these decisions often, and they're very high risk. And so they typically get a poorly rehearsed and measured response. And so it's not as impactful as if the salesperson could deliver messages in their own voice. Yeah, we don't go deep on video in the book, but we do obviously when we're uh, working with our clients and consulting engagements. The other piece is that video can obviously synthesize um, what would otherwise be an incredibly lengthy email that no one's going to read at a certain level, yep. right? Um, video can navigate through a document, can navigate through a deck, can navigate through the product itself with the things that are expressly relevant to the conversation that your prospect needs to have or is having internally. There's nothing worse than that feeling as a salesperson where you get off the phone and you, or you're getting ready to get off the phone and Corey says, you know, Hillman, this is great, you know, really interesting stuff. I'm gonna share this with my team. Is there anything you can send me? And you're like, yeah, sure, and you hang up. And then it's like you start scrolling through Drive with a whole bunch of PDF files that you know nobody's gonna look at or you're trying to figure out how you can construct an email that's gonna appeal to the six different people he needs to talk to inside of his organization and sales process, much more effective to mm -hmm. tighten that up. Again, that's something that we really discussed in the book, but you mentioned video and, and we're yeah. smart. <clears throat> and well, what do you think the advantages are to putting, that, um, putting that, that piece of communication with your customer that they're gonna, you're enabling them to, to help communicate with other parts of their organization, to build a coalition, to kind of play politics. What, what are the advantages of a video over an email? Is it that they'll, you'll just get greater engagement or is it that it's more in your voice and so you really get to kind of uh, color it a little better? Or, or what would you say the, the pros and cons of, of an email versus a, a video are? Well, I, I agree with everything that you said, but going back to the triangle and thinking about the reason someone wants to buy from us, the, the real key is to make that reason apparent. And it's something the prospect has told us in their own words, what either their pain is today that they're trying to solve for or their opportunity for reward mm -hmm. and to just make that consistent top of mind. So in the book, we talk about another framework called the priority path, where after we find pain, we go through a series of questions that gets the prospect to tell us where something fits on their priority list. Mm. It's not so, so important. I mean, it's so easy to have people say, oh, this is interesting. Uh, right. Right. <laughs> Everything's interesting. Yeah, this could create value in our organization. I think, uh, yeah, we should do this someday. I'll maybe, you know, put this on my to-do list, which, yeah. I'll, which I'll never get to the bottom of. That's right. So if I got you to tell me that this is your number two priority right behind hiring someone for your team, 
Now we know where we're at. We can reinforce that with a video or an email or whatever it is. Different tactics work in different scenarios, but the mm -hmm. idea is to use the triangle to conduct thorough and uh, actionable discovery and then make sure that we can ride that pain as momentum throughout the entire sales process. Excellent. Is, is there a particular video platform that you'd recommend uh, a field salesperson check out to do this type of communication? We don't, we don't really get into recommending specific tools. There's a lot of them out there. A lot of good ones out yeah. there. Go with something light, easy to use. Maybe even you could use for your phone, you know? Yeah. Um, are, are there are there specific ones that you can think of? I, I can think of a couple off the top of my head. I, I actually can't remember the name of it. It starts with a V. There's one and there's, there's uh, I think, what is it? Gong? Bomb Bomb. Yeah. There's, they, there are two Canadian companies. They're like uh, the Do Vidyard. Vidyard, Bomb Bomb. Are, yeah. there, any, are there any others that you guys? Yeah, I mean, there's probably, there's actually 15 of them. Yeah. And this is the... Oh wow! These types of discussions, it's kind of like talking about fashion. You know, do you like Nikes or Reeboks or Adidas's, or do you like some right. Adidas's <laughs> or D-Dye style? D-Dye? <laughs> I don't know. I I think it's a, it's German. It's actually Adidas. Adidas. And so, and so our idea is that we've got these these fundamentals and frameworks that work with all of these different technology products. And so if you use the technology product recklessly, you're just amplifying what doesn't work at scale. If you put this, and Hillman talked about this being a foundation on which the sales methodology or the sales process is built. If that fundamental framework, if those fundamental frameworks are in place, then whatever they do with those tools can be effective instead of just willy nilly doing a bunch of stuff and hoping that it works. You know, what's interesting about your question that I really uh, love and appreciate is that we took pains in writing triangle selling to not do what is done with a lot of sales books where it's written for now mm. only. Mm -hmm. Right. There are things there. There are some sales processes that have or sales methodologies that have not changed since their inception in like the 1960s. Right. right. And the world has changed. You know what I mean? The internet, <laughs> the, the, the internet exists. Right. This is the thing. And yeah. is so how do we find the core construct of selling conversations, assuming that the evolution of, um, you know, the limbic system of the human brain and the, and the evolution of personality and communication right it's not moving at the pace of the internet right not yet mm -hmm. we're not quite, not quite that advanced although some people would beg to differ with the discussion of ai well we could get to that if we wanted to but the idea is like how do we plan for the future we can't write for today saying well use video and here's what you do in an email you know there's some great sales books that tell you what you should write in an email 15 years ago that doesn't work anymore you know right. what I mean? your mm -hmm. inbox are you opening those emails from sdrs i don't know so the idea was how do we distill this to its core essence in a way that's still actionable and 20 years from now should still be actionable. That's where we spent a lot of time in research, a lot of time working with our existing client base, um, you know, that was, was uh, uh, tolerant enough to, <laughs> to deal with some experimentation and, and, you know, we had a lot of success there, which is fantastic. But that was the goal. Yeah, no, and that makes a ton of sense. I mean, the, the sales tech stack changes all the time, but, yeah. but truly honing the craft of sales, that, you know, I, that's, that's, a, that's a skill that is, is the same today as was, as was 50 years yeah. ago and will that's be in right. 50 years because humans, humans will, will function the same. Their, their minds, our minds will function the same, but we'll be using a very different set of tools, I'm sure. You know, what's interesting about that, um, I, I was reading another book that was talking about um, memory and how our brains as humans, the humans that we are, are not built for the day in which we're living, where we have such information overload and mm. so many 
stimuli. Instead, it was like, where do I find my sugar, my fat, my protein, you know what I mean? So that I can live right. today, right? So we adopted that. This is just a small example of, of how we've taken this and, and, and embedded it in the book. We adopted that in an understanding of, hey, we've all been through multiple trainings in many different disciplines, right? Um, he's got a much better recollection than I do. I probably remember 10%. But the reason we use so many acronyms, which you may have noticed in reading the book, is for that express reason, so that we can now create a culture of conversation. We can use one word. That one word is now relevant to the sales process and to the activity that we are performing. And that acronym then is divisible around the activities that make up the framework. Like this is, this is the level at which we tried to develop this to ensure, since we've had a lot of classroom experience, a lot of consulting experience, to ensure that these things land, that they're easy to transfer and train, and that they're easy to hold accountable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's really important to create a language amongst your sales team and this, so that people can kind of refer to these concepts with, with one word. And, um, what one, another one that comes to mind from your book that you discussed that would be great to flesh out for, for the audience here is uh, you mentioned the dots framework. What, what, what is this framework and how does it help salespeople get, uh, get results? Well, it helps them realize a couple of things. One is how to ask for referrals and two, when to ask for referrals. And so for example, if, if one of your salespeople goes out and says, Hey, do you know anybody who's looking for mapping software for salespeople? Is that the conversation that folks are having with their husband or wife at the dinner table the night before? Like, I could really use some mapping software. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish, I wish they were. <laughs> it's actually funny. A buddy of mine, uh, he was just in Hawaii and he, he doesn't work for me or anything. He's a, just a friend. Um, and, and he was like, uh, yeah, I'm, he texted me. He was like, I was just sitting at a, a, a table, a dinner, dinner table uh, with my wife and, and the people, the couple talk, the couple sitting at the table next to me was talking about your, talking about Badger. They're talking about your, what you're doing. And uh, they, they're like customers or, or yeah. she, wow. the wife was a customer and she was like talking to her husband about it. So sometimes people do talk about mapping software. <laughs> sometimes they do. <laughs> Think about what's, what's more realistic potentially, especially for a net new logo, would be maybe if you know any VPs of sales who are banging their heads against the wall because their teams aren't hitting their quota and they're running around driving to all these inefficient routes. Let me know if anything like that comes up in conversation. So the idea with DOTS is that it's, it stands for demographics, options, traits, and symptoms. And so it's the only one of the frameworks where you don't have to use all four letters. <laughs> so, <laughs> slight edge case on this one, but the yeah. idea is what's the demographic of your, of your audience? So are you working with sales leaders? And then what are the either options today, traits of organizations that have been successful with you or a symptom that somebody might be experiencing today since they're not using your product and frame it that way. And these are the things that folks are going to start hearing. And so there's this concept of selective attention. So for example, if I put up a, a picture of a yellow Corvette on a screen, you probably can't remember the last time you saw a yellow Corvette, but I guarantee you for the next two weeks, every yellow Corvette you're going to see, you're going to, you're going to recognize it. And you're going to think of us and you're going to say the closed loop guys were talking about yellow Corvettes the other day. Uh, and it's, it's this thing that happens in the, in the human brain, like Holman said, it's, it dates back to the thousands of years ago as our, as our brains were developed, certain things work. And this is why, it's not art, it's, it's the application of science, it's, it's, it's fundamental skills. And we distill it down in frameworks that can be easy, easily communicated 
people are going to be able to have more repeatable success and be able to do things like hit their forecasts. The other idea behind dots is that you're connecting the dots. That's where the acronym comes from. And those, the, the, the dots that you're connecting are those dots around circle of influence. So Corey may not actually need mapping software today, but the moment I tell him, hey, you know, I'm working with folks who are experiencing X, Y, and Z, he now knows what I'm looking for. And so there might be someone he sits down with tomorrow who's saying, yeah, I got these guys out in the field. I don't know what the heck they're doing. They're gone all day long, but it's like three meetings. It seems highly inefficient. And then he's going to think, Badger Maps, right? That's the idea is to connect those dots around circles of influence because you might just be one or two degrees away from that conversation that makes sense, but you're asking the wrong question or seeding it in a way that is inefficient, you know, to use the mapping technology. It's not mapping you directly to that person, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I love this. Could, could you guys make this uh, tangible for people by, by just doing like a, a little talk path with each other using the dots framework? Like one of you can recommend, I don't care what it is, to and refer to the other? Yeah, I'll be, uh, I'll be the customer. You, you see if I'm interested in closed loop. Yeah. So Helen, I'm working with sales leaders and CEOs who are struggling to, who are frustrated that they might not be able to hit their revenue numbers this year. Maybe they're hiring a lot of salespeople. Maybe they're not sticking around as long as they want to. And they're unsure if they're going to be able to, to hit that 2019 number. If you ever come across anybody like that, you know, I got a friend who is constantly hiring. I don't know if it's because of growth or because of attrition, but yeah. uh, uh, that's, that's an organization that comes to mind. Okay. So the thing that we did there is I, I, I weaved in multiple lines of conversation. So it wasn't just on the revenue number side, because maybe that's not what you'd hear, but you could also hear things about they're hiring a bunch of folks. And so if any of those are the yellow Corvettes in the prospect's mind or in the person's mind that could connect the dots, then doing this enough times... And this is where it gets to the second thing I was going to say, which is when should we be asking for referrals or introductions, which is always if we're on a prospecting call and someone's disqualified, ask for a referral, mm -hmm. pick off a new customer, ask for a referral. And you know, the upshot here <clears throat> in addition um, is Corey just asked me that question, right? And let's say he's back in my office 45 days later. If all he's saying is, Hey, Hillman, you know, I'm in management consulting and we do sales training as well. Is there anybody that you know that needs sales management consulting or sales? He can't ask me that every time he sees me. Yeah. I'm going to be right. like, oh, I Corey again with his damn management consulting idea, right? <laughs> Instead, next time he comes to me, he might say, hey, Hillman, you know anybody who recently got funded like Series A or B? I'm working with CEOs of those companies who are trying to scale their organizations too. And they're trying to figure out a way in which they can do that in a predictable way. You don't have to know any of these folks, do you? So it's a constant evolution of utilizing the framework in a way that allows for a much robust and realistic interaction with your prospect and with your potential referee that doesn't become just constantly beating the same drum, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, one of my favorite episodes that, that I've done, um, just because it was so actionable, was with Joanne Black, and she's written a couple books on, on uh, referrals and just in like how to best ask for them and like, you know, it's re really well thought out on, on how salespeople can, can sell more with referrals. It's one of, one of my favorite episodes that, that I've done, just because she, she, she's so good at this. It's, it's also, it's low-hanging fruit. You know, it even, so, so here's the deal. It, I, I can appreciate that she's really good at it. The, to be really good at it, you just have to ask. Yeah, it's not that complicated, honestly. A lot honestly. of salespeople yeah. don't ask because they don't know how or they feel that a referral is actually a recommendation 
Like what Corey asked me for was not, hey, can you recommend closed loop to someone who has this problem? It was, hey, you know, I'm working with some folks like this. Do you know anybody who'd be interested in having a conversation? That's a really light touch that you can ask somebody inside of your sales process, an existing customer, a person you're talking to on BART, which just happened to me this morning, mm -hmm. um, anywhere, a coffee shop, you know, anywhere. You know who's, 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 who's really good at this is my dad. He's always selling Badger. Like, he's retired, right? So he's just, like, always hanging out at, like, yeah. you know, country clubs and, you know, he golfs a lot. And, like, he's just like, oh, I, uh, he's always introducing me to people. He's like, oh, this guy runs, a, runs this kind of company and he's got a sales team. Or, oh, I met this guy that, you know, is in sales. I guess yeah. it's just that he, he kind of hangs around golf courses all the time and there's a lot of sales people. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like he's always he's like hey i want to introduce you to this guy i met and i'm like what do you just go around talking about badger all day just hanging out at the golf course he's a and connector I, and an evangelist i love it yeah. that's right that's right he's, yeah. he's uh <laughs> i i actually just got him cards he loves them <laughs> I, I forget what they said but it was like you know, he's advisory board i think it says chairman of the badger advisory board that's awesome so, uh, you know he, he he thought that was fun but he's 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 just a retired golfer now, so he's, he is well, a big referral guy and big at like just, you know. Just well, you know what's interesting about that, you know, from the vantage point of a salesperson's personal psychology, right? His, obviously, he, he, he loves you and is motivated to see you successful and probably just really enjoys keeping a foot in the game of talking about business and, and being able to make those introductions. But he has no emotional attachment to the outcome, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of times salespeople are running around and they're, we're so wound up because this is the one that's going to make our quarter, or this is that logo that I'd really like to have, or gosh, I just need validation this week because I've really had a tough month. And so we put so much pressure on ourselves, and this is outside of the referral conversation. We put so much pressure on ourselves that, you know, when I said necessity was the mother of invention, we're trying to create a way in which the job of a salesperson becomes easier, more predictable, and it's like going to the gym. I know if I go and I do these exercises and I eat well, this is what's going to happen to my body, right? Not, I got to go in the gym and how... How the heck am I going to make that bicep pop today? Like, you know what I mean? That's just really frustrating. So, and that creates a lot of fatigue. It gets a lot of people washing out of this industry who otherwise could last longer if they had a methodology or had a practice, you know what I mean? And a discipline behind it. Mm -hmm. um, and that was a lot of our motivation as well. Very cool. Um, well, tell me, what, what do you see as the difference between sales process and sales fundamentals? Well, the sales process are the linear steps that somebody goes through from the first contact, maybe the first conversation through a decision, which is either a disqualification or a or close one deal, or even upsell, renewal, cross-sell, whatever it is. It can extend well beyond that first contract. And so it's that mechanical process that has some kind of exit criteria that must be met for it to go to the next stage. Whereas sales fundamentals are really what is the salesperson doing with their mouth or with their fingers? What are they talking to the customer about, the prospect about, and what are the techniques that they're using in order to make that sales process move? Tell me, uh, how can sales reps become top performers by improving their fundamentals? Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> anyone who's ever played a sport can answer that question. Your dad out there on the golf course, how's his golf game? Uh, he's a single, single handicapper. 
Yeah, yeah he, he probably got there by practicing fundamentals, not going out there net new every 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 hole and just saying like, hey, I mean, I just swish my hips this way or I put my leg, put, put all my weight on my back leg and just whack away. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> there are there are fundamentals which are the core construct of building your chops, right? So in sales, there are things that you can just fortify which guarantee you a higher a higher likelihood of predictability. And obviously the variables around product and market space and competition, all these things you cannot control. What we are trying to do is work with the salesperson and their golf ball. Here's what I can do today to be better at my craft. And when you spell these things out, when we go into organizations where you've got folks who are top performers and then you got people who are struggling down here, and obviously the challenge is how do I get that frozen middle to raise a little bit because that's really where that core growth can happen inside of an organization. When we get in there and we start explaining to people, you know, this is the psychology of what's happening with your buyer. This is what they're experiencing both literally out there in the world, this world of noise and this world of reactance and resistance and inertia and skepticism. And this is how you navigate a conversation in such a way where you can establish trust, become a trusted advisor and have an opportunity to uncover whether or not this organization and individual have both problem and pain um, as a correlation there. Then people's eyes light up and they're like, oh my gosh, okay, so I can be rigorous about this acronym, which is a, you know, the acronym is a framework in disguise, right? And if I'm rigorous about that acronym, I will know where I stand between me and my golf ball. And then I'll know which club to pick next time for my next shot, which is that next step in the process, right? Based upon my skill set, my organization, where it is that we're trying to go. So all we're trying to do is to deconstruct that which seems so interwoven and so hectic and you've got marketing in there and you've got enablement in there and you've got sales messaging and then you've got the noise of your competition and you got a manager and you got metrics and you got CR, got all this stuff. Ultimately, at some point, it's you sitting either across from your laptop on a meeting that's a video conference or sitting with the phone in your hand and having a conversation with another human being. How do you optimize for that conversation in preparation, in skill, and in your mindset in such a way that it's going to give you the best chance at success. That's all we're doing. Yeah. So actionable. Um, tell me, let's, let's move into the, the next section, which I call sales in 60 seconds. The, it's, uh, you know, the goal is to answer questions and, and quickly. So, you know, keep it punchy. Um, <laughs> so in, what do you think the most important part of triangle selling is and why? I'll take that. Um, the whole thing's important. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm dead serious. Um, we, if you read the book, we wrote the book in such a way that you should be able to pick it up, flip through it like this, stick a finger in it, and find three pages surrounding where you stuck your finger that'll allow you to go back to your desk and actionably, tactically execute something different than you're doing today. We did not create, we didn't create fluff. We didn't put a ton of stories in there. We realized salespeople don't have a lot of time, patience, or interest. And so the idea is like, how can we keep it as tight as possible? And I think we got 179 pages of tight. And we deleted 400 along the way as we wrote it. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. serious. Yeah. That's, that's how writing things goes, right? Yeah. Um, well, what's one key lesson or message that you try to get across to all sales teams in your engagements? I, I think it's apply rigor. And so Hellman said all of it's important. I agree with that 100%. I think that you've got people learn skills, they learn how to apply the skills, and then they learn how to apply skills under pressure. And until they're doing that, that third level, then they're gonna be doing part of it some of the time. And part of it some of the time doesn't work. 
part of your golf swing some of the time nuts no, so you're going to hit the ball out of bounds you're going to duff it it's just not going to work and so it's learning the skills and then really mastering the application of the skills when you're having a conversation with somebody that's probably a lot more senior maybe more older than you and definitely in a, in a relationship where you're trying to sell them something they're trying to maybe buy something and so you've got a lot of posture issues from a you know how you how you have that conversation with the person one of the reasons uh that we've created a certification process um, is expressly for that so that there are specific guidelines and gates that help you to understand your progression uh, that you can move toward and that you know as evidence of having done so you then have something that you can carry with you throughout your sales careers having achieved. How can sales reps differentiate themselves in the competitive landscape out there today? You probably talk to a lot of sales reps don't you trying to sell you stuff? Mm -hmm. All over the place huh? Mm -hmm. I think that there are there are salespeople that we work with at clients that will send us messages saying stuff like, I just had a prospect tell me this was the best sales call they've had for two years. And the way to differentiate yourself is to not sound like everybody else who's out there running around saying, oh, look at this awesome product. It's transformative AI, third generation, whatever. And just focus on having a fundamental selling conversation that follows the, the triangle stone covering the reason, the pain that somebody's trying to solve understanding their willingness and ability to expend resources, managing their resistance without doing a lot of things, you know, this objection handling of let's be defensive because we're awesome and they just don't get it yet. And then applying the other frameworks along the way, structuring meetings, how to manage demos and, and tell customer stories and, and the rest. And doing that consistently with rigor, you're going to be a top performer because all the losing deals are going to get out of your pipeline real fast through disqualification. One thing I'd like to double down on that Corey just said at the very end there is to disqualify aggressively by knowing your winning zone. That's it. I love it. Um, and, and this gets into, you know, account-based marketing, account-based sales, getting the whole company kind of focused around yeah. swinging at the pitches that are in the strike zone. That's right. And, um, tell me, what do you guys think the most challenging part of sales is? I think growth and, uh, repeatability, like just predictability. I think it's difficult. There are lots of salespeople we talk to that have peaks and valleys like, oh man, December was great. And geez, January and February have been an oasis, you know? Um, the, the, or desert, which is it? The desert is the place. Desert, yeah. The desert's the drug. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up in the Midwest, man. We don't do that kind of thing. Uh, <laughs> I get my geographic analogies now. Geological, whatever. Anyway, um, point being that, um, it's, it's being able to grow predictably as an individual, right? Being able to say like, I know that I can hit this number and I know how I'm going to do it. And I can reverse engineer that down to the activity I'm doing today at a certain skill level is refreshing. You know, when we work with organizations and they say, hey, we've got this goal for the quarter. And then we say, well, how are you going to get there? And you're able to go to each salesperson on the floor who says, this is what I'm targeting. This is the activity I'm doing to get there. These are the frameworks I'm using to leverage that activity. And here are the eight things I'm doing today. Man, you got a lot of control, right? And that keeps you in the game longer. It makes you more successful. It also, back to the science, science question, helps you to evaluate, control, and um, iterate on what it is that you're doing. So given that you guys are experts in sales fundamentals, what's your best advice that you'd like to give the listeners? 
I think the best advice is to pick up sales fundamentals and apply them every day. If you think about doctors go to med school and then they go to residency and then they have a fellowship program and they still have continuing education all the time and are still under the supervision of physicians. Lawyers go to law school, they've got professional development, continuing education. They're an associate for eight years before they're allowed to be a partner. And then in sales, you go to XYZ school and they say, hey, here's a quota. And so a lot of salespeople are coming into their profession at a disadvantage relative to other professions. And so learn the skills, learn to apply the skills and just get better continuously over time. Yeah, be a student of the craft of sales. Uh, as a final takeaway, what should the field salespeople listening today do as a first step towards getting started on triangle selling? Uh, definitely pick up the book. Um, and as, as a field salesperson, I would really start with understanding reason. Um, I think that there is some substantive mind change if you understand what happens in the reason aspect and why that's so important to dialogue today, dealing with the amount of uh, noise that buyers are facing um, in the marketplace, the ability to go to like a G2 crowd or to you know, talk to friends or hop on LinkedIn or hop inside of some user group of, of other professionals that have share the same affinity. Um, the salesperson needs to be equipped to understand how to diagnose pain and do discovery effectively. And that's a great place to start. Fantastic advice. Well, I'm going to attempt to summarize uh, everything you've said here because so many people are driving around while they listen to this. Um, so Corey and Hellman wrote triangle selling to bring together all the core sales methodologies and build, build them up on a solid foundation. Any role in sales can use triangle selling. Uh, triangle selling should be used across all the different parts of an organization so that it can perform optimally. Sales science is boiling down the top sales practices and using these best practices to increase the success of sales meetings. The HELP, H-E-L-P framework, can help salespeople maintain momentum between meetings a tip there was videos and emails can be sent to prospects post-meeting to sum up the conversation you had and make the reason they should buy from you very apparent. Helen uh, and Corey wrote triangle selling to be timeless um, so that the tools, because the tools and the ways people, the way people interact like email, video, etc., to do follow-ups or to communicate may change, but, um, but the, the concepts they write about um, are more human and, and, and timeless and, and going to be relevant forever, whereas the tools that people use might only be relevant for a short period of time. The DOTS DOTS framework helps salespeople realize when to ask for referrals and how to ask for referrals. With DOTS, you're connecting the DOTS around a different circle of influence when you're asking for that referral. Don't be afraid to ask if anyone that you're talking to can refer you to people that need your product or solution. It's, it's easy to do, there's an easy framework to, to do it, and, and it's, it's low-hanging fruit for most salespeople to, uh, to get more deals. Sales process is the linear process salespeople go through to move a deal from inception towards the close. Um, sales fundamentals are the techniques salespeople use to move a sales process along. 
Mastering the sales fundamentals allows salespeople to perfect their craft and become top performers. Well, guys, I've really enjoyed this, uh, this discussion. Tell me, where can listeners read more about your, your work? How do they reach out to you? What, what is the core thing that you guys do for organizations in sales? Well, they can, I'll tell you where they can learn more about us. So they can go to LinkedIn and check out the Closed Loop page or uh, one of our, our LinkedIn pages. Also check out Amazon, our fourth book, The Sales Playbook Workbook will be coming out by yeah. the time this podcast is out. It's out. It's live right now. It's now. It's the future. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So sales playbook workbook, <laughs> a guide with over a hundred diagrams to help organizations build their own sales playbooks or refactor what they'd already built. And you can always go to closeloop.com. And that's with a Z, right? That's with a Z. C L O Z E L O O P. Okay, and I'll, we'll put that all the contact information in the in the the notes here. Well, this has been a great episode of the Outside Sales Talk. In the spirit of referrals, uh, if you can think of any other sales reps that would benefit from learning the skills we talked about today, forward this episode to, on to them and take care until next time. 